Let's get hype. All right. Who are we kidding? Nobody's really that hype. But Nebraska does play football this weekend. It's an 0-2 Nebraska versus an 0-3 Penn State in a uh, game that just smells like desperation for both teams on Saturday. This is the Husker Hypecast on Twenty. Husker 24-7. I am Mike Shaver, joined by Brian Christopherson, Michael Brunts, and this week's special guest and longtime listener, Josh Peterson. Josh, how are you doing? Guys, I'm doing well. How are you? Doing well. Do you want to? Do you want to try a let's get hyped? Do you think you have it in you? Let's get hyped! Oh, jeez, you're out of business, wow. Schaefer. Whoa, you might be out of a job. You just got Wally pipped, man. Yeah. <laughs> so no, Josh was just like Luke Reimer there, jumping into the scene. Like you can't, <laughs> we we can't deny him anymore. Yeah, I'm just trying a... to make a play early, guys. I got to set the tone for the rest of the pod today. Take a seat, Honus. Jeez. <laughs> Let's start with this. So one of the things I know from going on Josh's show and from exchanging text messages with him, which we're not allowed to talk about, but I'm going to here. Yeah. He wasn't particularly high on Nebraska going into this year. Have they played at the level or have they looked as you sort of expected? Have they looked worse? Have they looked better? I want to start with that. So it's funny, Shafe, because, you know, I thought that it was going to be more on the defense this year as to why they would struggle. And I thought that they would be – I thought that they were going to be 0-2, and obviously they were going to be 0-2 in a different way playing Wisconsin. But I thought it was going to be more on the defense. And I thought the defense was really going to play poorly early in the season. And, you know, obviously we, we didn't get to watch the Wisconsin game and the Northwestern game. I thought that the defense played pretty well for the most part. And so the offensive ineptitude, like, I, I don't know, man, I thought that there was going to be some improvement this year. I didn't, I didn't know if like Adrian would have the job the entire season. I don't know if, if I knew that we were going to be discussing if, if he was going to lose the, the starting nod going into the third game of the season. But like the lack of playmakers on offense, I think that's the thing that surprised me the most where, you know, after the Ohio State game, one of the conversations was, all right, they got to get Dedrick Mills the ball more. And then this week we're having a, a similar conversation with Wandale Robinson. And so I think that's where I'm surprised. It's just not that they are losing, but the way in which they are losing and the conversations that we're having to have coming out of each of these first two games. Yeah, I mean, Nebraska's put up more than 800 yards in total offense, and they only have 30 points to show for it, uh, which is not particularly – Strong on, on that side of the ball. I, I think, you know, with this hype cast, and, and certainly we've talked about it on our, on our Husker 24-7 normal podcast that uh, runs on Tuesdays and Thursdays. But, Josh, I kind of want your thoughts. Who do you think is going to be taking the first snap at quarterback for Nebraska on Saturday? Do you think you can go back to Adrian Martinez after pulling him at the end of the Northwestern game? Or does Nebraska have to start the game with Luke McCaffrey and see how it looks there? Yeah, I, I think it's going to be Luke. Um, and, and one of the, the ways I guess I would turn it back on to you guys would be, you know, one of the things that I've wondered this week is if you go with Adrian after, after how he struggled to start the season and specifically what happened, you know, last week versus Northwestern with him completing, you know, what, 44% of his passes, you know, only 125 yards. Like I've said a few times this week, I would be worried about losing the locker room and not in the sense of like the guys are going to quit and everything's going to fall apart, but more – 
if it's obvious enough to us that he is struggling and that maybe Luke could provide a spark, is it obvious enough to the player? So I almost would do it just based off of that alone, where I think we're all kind of seeing the same thing and maybe it's time to, to just try something new for whatever reason. You know, I, I think it's a lot more mental with, than physical with Adrian. And that's not like an original statement by any means, but I would almost do it just based off of that alone, where it's, it's just time to try something new. It's a short season, only five games left before the conference championship weekend. Who knows if even all those will get played. So that's kind of where I'm at after, after the Northwestern game. BC yeah. put something on, on Thursday that, that really caught my attention. Excuse me, on Tuesday uh, that really caught my attention, which was basically that Nebraska lacks, you know, really big play potential. That they, they just haven't had those 40-yard plays. They don't have a lot of touchdowns where guys are just running into the end zone. And it's not just this bear fight to just get across and, and have to go to review to see if the nose of the ball actually did cross the line. Who would you look for against a Penn State defense that really struggled against Maryland, played okay against Indiana, struggled against Ohio State, which I think is fair, but has, has been giving up the big play? Who would you look for this weekend that you think could, could provide that kind of spark for Nebraska? Yeah, first off, I think Nebraska has only two plays of more than 30 yards and eight plays of more than 20 yards. And that's obviously not enough. And so we can talk about the red zone struggles all day long. And it's a very good topic since Nebraska ranks 110th nationally in it. Uh, but my point when I was making that was, you know, they need to actually avoid some trips to the red zones. This was supposed to be an offense where you kind of got off the hook a few times a game because you busted off that 40, 45 yard play that went to the house and that's lacking. So to answer your question, it's it's tough because we're you're, we're guessing uh, newcomers. I mean, it's got to be kind of new faces that answer the bell here. I think a guy like Marcus Fleming could step up uh, alongside Wandale. I was encouraged by him last week. He had a couple big plays. He had a 28-yard catch, ended up with 75 yards. Has great speed, obviously. So I would say uh, Marcus Fleming. I think Volkolek's got to be a big part of it in Austin Allen. Uh, the, the, the tight ends still have to carry a lot of heavy weight, uh, especially as Stoll gets better. So uh, those are a few guys that come to mind. And then it would be nice if, uh, you know, I don't care if it's Omar Manning or Xavier Betts or who. I don't care which of those guys it is. But one of, the, one of those two and maybe an Elante Brown, they, they need to get involved too. Yeah, Brunts, I mean, BC was talking wide receivers there, and that's been a big topic of conversation. Obviously, Luke McCaffrey came into the game late uh, and had a couple nice drives, and he was thrown to some different wide receivers than we've seen before. Do you think we're at the point where Nebraska has to burn the boat, so to speak, and just move forward with these young wide receivers, even if they struggle to get lined up, even if the offense might be a little bit more limited with them? Do you think that they give Nebraska a better chance than what we've seen much of the – the two games so far where Nebraska has run out a lot of Wyatt Luer and a lot of Cade Warner and a lot of Levi Falk. And those guys just don't have much in terms of production. Uh, I mean, a short answer to your question. Yes. Um, I, I think the fact that you saw those guys out there in the fourth quarter, I think kind of shows the way things are trending. I mean, you know, we hadn't seen much of Xavier Betts and then all of a sudden he's making two catches late in that game uh you know we didn't I think they targeted Omar Manning once but you know I, I think Marcus Fleming's a guy to watch just because you know he, he played a lot more against Northwestern he was productive when he was in there so yeah I mean I think you know not only 
are those guys going to be in the game more? I think you're, you're seeing a little bit more trust from the coaching staff each, each passing week. And frankly, the realization that if you're trying to get big plays and, and really kind of, you know, at least give defensive coordinators a reason to stay up at night, uh, I think you do have to go to those guys. So I, I expect to see those guys continue to push for playing time. I mean, I know, you know, Scott Frost and some of the other coaches were talking about how, you know, there's young guys pushing for playing time. I think, you know, an, an obvious location that that's taking place is a wide receiver. I, I kind of have this question of, of all of you guys. I, I think each of us, and, and Josh, it sounds like was on this sort of uh, wavelength as well, expected the offense was going to be a little bit better. My reasoning for it, I really like the offensive line. And I thought Nebraska was going to line up and run the ball and run it not so much quarterback run game, but run it with Diedrich Mills. Are, are you guys surprised by the struggles Nebraska's had simply to just get the running back involved? I mean, so much of this offense has just been predicated on quarterback run game. It's a little surprising to me that that hasn't opened up things for, for Diedrich Mills. Josh, we'll start with you. Yeah, I am, man. And how about the fact, too, that only five players for Nebraska have even carried the ball this year? You know, Adrian and, and Luke McCaffrey, they have, you know, 43 combined carries. Mills has 28. And then Tompkins with four and Scott with three. Like, I think that's in a, in a way where I'm really surprised is I didn't mention Wandale's name there. And, and certainly the first game of the season versus Ohio State, they didn't really go to Mills a whole lot. I, I've been so, like, up and down with my opinion on him because coming into 2019 – he was a player that was talked about more than most, and there was a really high expectation, and he got off to a really slow start, and I kind of bailed on him, and then he finished really strong, and so I guess I begrudgingly hopped back on the bandwagon, and so I was expecting more from him this season, and I'm trying to figure out if he's you know, reverted back to what I thought he was early last season, or if he's just one of those types of players that really needs to get into a rhythm throughout the course of a season to get going. But I mean, you look at his career so far and it's, you know, what a season in, in a couple of games and very rarely does he get into, into double digit carries. Very rarely does he get like above 12. He has 12 or fewer carries and I think 10 games now at this point in his career. So I, I agree with you that, that they're relying so much on the quarterback to, to run, which, you know, once again, it goes back to the first question that you asked us, like if Adrian is benched, you wonder if he's involved much, which that takes a, you know, away a huge part of the game. He's averaging over seven yards of carry right now. Yeah. BC, I mean, I think you, you talked about this earlier in the week, but do you anticipate we get a little bit more Wandale Robinson at running back at some point just to get him the ball in an easy manner? Yeah, I think that's possible because Matt Lubick has sort of hinted that, you know, he can do that, might need to, might need to use him that way. And I think Matt Lubick also hinted that they were going to get Diedrich Mills more carries uh, this week. And he, he said what Josh was kind of getting to a little bit there is that I, I feel like Diedrich is a guy who feeds off, you know, getting in a rhythm and you got to give him 12 to 15 or more touches where he can actually build up some steam and kind of wear on people and, and do his thing. And so I think he's going to get the ball more in this game. And I think, uh, I think you're going to see some handoff stuff to Wandale to just make sure that he gets the ball. One thing I'll say, though, is, you know, he hasn't had a lot of touches, Wandale, but there's also been opportunities. There were a couple opportunities last week, for instance, where they were basically just screens to him and the passes were off. You know, they were like layups that should you should make, and Adrian didn't make the throw, and so Wandale didn't even get the ball to, for us to see what could happen there. And so they're, they have tried to get the ball to him more than his stats show, but I think it might 
it might come down to, yeah, you actually just got to hand the ball to Wandale now. And because and, he was, I mean, he won Nebraska a game at the running back spot against Illinois. And maybe you could argue against Northwestern last year when he ripped off the long touchdown play. So I, I think in a short season like this, uh, you know, you, you just got to, you got to throw caution in the wind a little bit and, and, and get him, get him involved more. Last thing on the offensive side, Bruns, we've seen quarterback potential change. We've seen young wide receivers potentially uh, making a charge. I thought Dedrick Mills was as entrenched as anybody uh, on Nebraska's roster, but do you think there's a chance that we could see more carries for some of these young guys going forward too? Maybe a little bit. I mean, it's I, I kind of going into that Mills discussion, I think you know part of it is you know Nebraska – the two games has not been able to hit the quick game to the outside. I, I think that's allowed defenses to really kind of hone in on, on, you know, Mills and, and what he's able to do. I thought he had some, some decent runs against Northwestern, especially early on, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I, I don't think you're going to see a ton of work from, you know, Marvin Scott or Ronald Tompkins if he's back this week. Uh, that, that cuts into Mills' um, workload. I mean, I, I think it's pretty solidly his job. I, the thing I'm curious about is if Nebraska tries to, to use Wandale a little bit in the backfield uh, more than they have. Um, you know, they, they obviously have the jet sweep in the arsenal, but I think him as a, a running back might be a nice wrinkle too. So I'm not, I'm not anticipating anything, you know, significant happening to Mills' workload, but uh, you know, maybe a little bit more Wandale and, and occasionally the other guys spelling him, which I guess we kind of saw last week. So uh, <clears throat> switching over to the defensive side of the ball, Josh, you said earlier you were a little skeptical of this side for Nebraska. What have you seen through two games that you would say that you like at this point and you think is uh, repeatable for Nebraska in their next five? You know, I, I've been pleasantly surprised with the front seven because that, that was the biggest reason that I was down on them. You know, I went on, on your show with Happer right before the season, and it was, it was the run defense that I had a big concern with. And that, you know, had been a struggle in the first couple of years under Scott Frost. But I think that they're, they're doing, like, a good enough job right now. Like, there are times where I think their tackling is, is pretty solid, and then there are other times where I, I'm definitely, you know, concerned about it. Um, you know, I, I think the thing that – that I think can definitely be repeatable is like you look at the game versus Northwestern last week and they had that long touchdown run early where it was like, what in the world is going on? Where is everybody? But for the most part, it seems like they they're keeping these players in front of them. And, you know, that's the thing I think I'm, I'm most disappointed by Schaefer and losing, you know, watching the Wisconsin game is I feel like we've watched Nebraska versus teams on the complete opposite end of the spectrum. Like, what Penn State, or excuse me, what Ohio State did and the talent that they have is not going to be replicable throughout the rest of the year. And I don't know if, if we can take then a whole lot away exactly from Northwestern, given that they're, of course, not as talented as Ohio State. So it's, it's of course, a really small sample size through two games. But I have, I, I've, been, I've been really pleased with the, with the front seven because I thought that, that it was going to be the back four that were going to be the, the biggest strength. And, and you, I mean, you can make an argument that that's where the biggest question mark is. Um, right now at this point in the season. So I, I've been I'm impressed with, the, with the, the defensive line. I think Ty Robinson has done a pretty good job. Obviously, Reimer was flying all over the field versus Northwestern. So um, that, that's, that's where I'm at right now through a couple games. BC, we're going to see a quarterback in Sean Clifford that has really struggled this year. Uh, he's made poor decisions when he's forced to throw the ball. It has not looked good for Penn State. 
However, he can be dangerous on the ground with his legs. What concerns you when you look at this Penn State offense and what Nebraska has been doing so far on defense this year? Well, they've got a QB conversation going on uh, um, at State College, too. Uh, it sounds like Will Levis could get thrown in for some snaps this week. Um, and so that'll be interesting to watch. But uh, Clifford, you know, he does have some mobility. Um, so you got you to be cautious of that. I think what sticks out about Penn State, though, is, you know, Jahan Dotson. He's a, he's a freak receiver. Um, people watch the Penn State-Ohio State game. He, I mean, he just jumped off the screen. He's going against NFL cornerbacks, and he's winning 50-50 balls with these. He's making one-handed catches. That guy is uh, the weapon that Nebraska is sort of looking for at wide receiver, and he is the type of player uh, that could go out and single-handedly, you know, torch you for 170 yards and, and win a game. Um, and so that's going to be a big test for Nebraska's DBs or corners, um, which, you know, we'll see how they rotate in the back end of Nebraska's defense. But I think Dotson's a big worry here. He's averaging 120 yards per game. And I want to do one little bit of cleanup. I was talking about Diedrich Mills' um, carries. I was surprised to see this because I just looked it up. I didn't realize he actually had 19 carries last week. But the reason why it felt like he fell off so much is he had 14 in the first half for 54 yards and then he had five for five yards in the second half so it was basically non-existent second half for him which is why it's sort of uh I was thinking he was headed for a hundred yard day at halftime and 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 the poor second half is is why we're talking of, uh with wonder about what's next for him all right Bruns this was a guy that I think caught everybody's eye on Saturday how much of a difference do you think Nebraska's defense looks when they have someone like Luke Reimer flying around out there it looks a lot better. I mean, I, I was really impressed with the way that he kind of came right in and just really, you know, looked comfortable. I mean, he, he said he was nervous uh, in, in the first possession, but I mean, you, you saw him really taking his opportunities to make tackles and guys weren't, guys weren't bouncing off for extra yards. They were going down. And I, I think, you know, the fact that they were playing a two man rotation, essentially, um, with, with Honus out, I mean, if he's back this week, you know, maybe you, you see a little bit of a, I don't know, a better version of Luke Reimer because he's not playing as many snaps. But I think for a, you know, a debut that, that people are really interested to see how he would play, I, I was really impressed. Um, and, and the other thing that stood out to me and, and kind of to Josh's point about the front seven, there were a lot of helmets uh, around the ball. And, you know, that that's, hasn't been the case a lot the last couple seasons. Uh, so that was good to see too. But I, I think, I think Reimer brings an athleticism and, and, you know, really just kind of a, a football savvy that, that's going to keep him in Nebraska's rotation for a long time. All right. This is a part of the show that people know and love oddly specific predictions. It'll be Josh's first time going through this ringer. Josh, are you ready? Do you have, do you have some predictions ready to go? Oh, I got I got a prediction for you, Shafe. So all right. Let's we, start. Talked, we talked about Wandale earlier. We've all kind of mentioned that he hasn't really gotten a whole lot of touches this year. Only 10 catches, no rushes on the season. So I say, here's my odd – I got like a bunch just surrounding Wandale. So get your prop bets ready. Get your pencils ready. <laughs> Wandale's going to have seven catches. He's going to have six runs. He's going to go for 100-plus total yards, and he's going to score in the second quarter – 
on a 34-yard play. I just haven't decided if it's going to be a run or a reception. Wow. Someone doesn't believe in that Nittany Lion defense. <laughs> All right, BC, what do you got? Marcus Fleming is going to score on a 47-yard touchdown uh, catch in the second quarter, um, and he's going to end up with about uh, seven catches of close to 100 yards. But there's going to be a 47-yard touchdown involved, and he is going to lead the way in uh, receiving for the Huskers for the second consecutive week. All right, didn't you just get done telling us that they don't have enough explosive plays and now you're predicting a 47-yard touchdown? I, that's one. That's one explosive play. I think they're <laughs> going to find that play. I don't know if they'll find more than that, uh, but that, that's, that one thing could happen and the other thing could also be true still. All right, Bruns, you're going to stick with your normal tight end, oddly specific predictions? Bruns? Runs, runs out on the oddly specific predictions these days. Sorry, I was, I was muted. Uh, <laughs> so I, I would like to point out first that I completely nailed last week the, the Northwestern random player of the game with John Rain, tight end uh, for the Wildcats. Uh, so just starting there. Secondly, I think that Luke McCaffrey is going to catch a touchdown pass this week. Ooh. Interesting. All right. So we're going to have a little versatility from Nebraska's quarterback. Uh, I'm going to go with what I think. Trick play. Really... A trick play. Okay. All right. I, I think I'm going to go with a, what I think is a really safe prediction. Uh, Sean Clifford is going to throw, overthrow a pass in the middle of the field, and he's going to find none other than Miles Farmer, who will have his third interception. Miles Farmer will be running towards the end zone, but he will not get there and he will come up short. Uh, it'll be a 27-yard return for Miles Farmer. All Is right. Nebraska uh, going to score? Will they score after that? Uh, I was just going to blanketly say no. Uh, <laughs> so let's just – yeah, Nebraska will not turn those that turnover into points. We'll, uh, we'll okay. add that on to the prediction. All right, Josh, what do you got in your prediction? Does Nebraska get a win against Penn State? Or does the misery continue this weekend? I say, I say that the misery continues this weekend. I've been going back and forth on my, on my score prediction all week. I've been surprised by the line. You know, it's basically kind of settled in at three, three and a half um, since, what, Monday or Tuesday. I, I'm going to go with Penn State to win. I say that they win 31 to 19. Nebraska, I guess more oddly specific predictions, Nebraska scores a couple of touchdowns. They miss an extra point in there, and they make a couple of field goals. That's how they get to 19 points. 31-19 Penn State. BC? I'll say Penn State <clears throat> wins 30-24. to 24. Uh, Dotson is going to be a headache, and I think the difference. But, but one thing to watch in this game, Nebraska's special teams have so far been underwhelming. Um, and I was looking at the, the stats. If you look at those, it's a big advantage for Penn State going in. Uh, Nebraska's 109th in net punting, 123rd in punt returns, 160, 116th in punt return defense. Meanwhile, in those categories, Penn State, um, you know, is, is they're, they're much better at net punting and punt returns. So um, I think that could give them a slight edge too. So Nebraska's got to flip the script on special teams as well. I don't think Nebraska's – I feel like this 
podcast has been a little bit like down in the dumps on Nebraska. And I actually think they're getting better as a team and they just got to find a way to make that one or two extra plays. But until they do that, um, I'm, I'm just not quite ready to predict them. BC feels like Nebraska is getting better, but not better enough to win games. Is that, is that a fair way to sum it up? Well, I think they've played good teams. And, I mean, I, I think Northwestern could win the division. And I, 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 I'm not saying there's an overreaction around here because the reason people are reacting the way they are is because there's a similar theme that keeps popping up. And, like, if this were a random – if last week had been a random occurrence and uh, you just thought, oh, they just couldn't finish some drives, I think people would have accepted it more. But they've seen this Groundhog Day thing too much that that's why we're getting what we're getting. But if we're just talking about this specific season so far, I, I am encouraged by certain aspects of it, um, and I don't think they're as far away as, as some do, but they have to prove that that's true. Brunts, are you going to, you know, go against the tide here? Yeah, I think so. Um, cool. I think Nebraska makes a play late. Um, maybe a trick play that Luke McCaffrey catches a touchdown, I don't know. Um, but I, I will go with Nebraska, 29, Penn State, 27. So oh. it's going to be a close game. Um, you know, I, I think both of these teams are obviously desperate, but um, maybe the uh, all the cardboard cutouts at Memorial Stadium will be enough to push Nebraska over the finish line and finally start to get things rolling a little bit. So 29-27, Nebraska. All right, I, I'm going to go with Penn State as well. I just can't pick Nebraska yet until they're able to put up enough points on the board. I think the defense is going to play well again for Nebraska. I think Penn State's going to struggle. I don't think they can run the ball right now. And I, I really don't know. They might be in a worse quarterback situation than Nebraska as well. But they just have a little bit more talent. I trust other pieces of their team maybe a little bit more. I think it's going to be a pretty close game throughout. Uh, but I, until Nebraska gets out of the teens with their scoring, I'm going to leave them there, uh, and I'm going to go with Penn State, 25, Nebraska, 17. And they had a lot of random scores. Well, look, you got to go random scores. Oh, yeah. Football doesn't have normal scores very often. Right? Like, they have a lot of, you know, five field goal games and then two touchdowns, and yeah, you get that, 29 Yeah, points. we – we like to pick weird scores here. There's a lot of like Bruns had a 29, I think there, and we've had 25s and 22s. We're kind of a strange bunch. That's the um, shtick in that way. Yeah. Oh no, I know. Yeah, I'm all in on it. I remember one time when I was the producer of Unsportsmanlike Conduct, Damon in the breakdown, he picked a score, and it was you know a kind of a, a random number, like a 25 or a 26. Some listener called and got really mad. Hey, how could he pick such a score? How's that even going to happen? And then literally that was the score that weekend. It was pretty good. Well, there you go. Don't attack our scores. Attack our content. <laughs> the Husker 24-7 Hypecast. Josh, how did it feel? Did it go okay? Guys, it felt great. I'm sorry to the listeners that were expecting maybe a little more positivity. Um, but, you know, it was fun to be on the show for the first time. All right. Well, we appreciate it. Thank you for joining us. Uh, everybody be sure to check out what we'll plenty of game day coverage, regardless of whether Nebraska wins or loses. And I promise – we're bringing the game balls back either way, too. <laughs> People can prepare for that. Uh, we will have plenty of stuff at Husker 24-7. Be sure to check that out. Our coverage begins bright and early as Nebraska locked into 11 a.m. games for life.